Powered by Go Goat Sports in partnership with TSN. It is episode 47, season four of the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast. And as always, we're presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. And uh, kind of an eventful week so far here, Ray. You know, you'd think that post-trade deadline, it's it's downtime, right? I mean, it kind of is in, in the insider business. But Tiny, the Rain Dregs mascot, along with co-mascot Ollie, um, Tiny was barking in the backyard going bananas. I don't know if you saw the picture. I did. Not, right? You had a friend in I'm there. I'm like, yeah, what the heck? So I go back there, and I don't know, what are the, is it a possum or an opossum? It's probably the same thing. I'm sure I'll get corrected with anyone. <laughs> Drake's, Drake's the only the thing I know about that is there's a Bugs Bunny cartoon from back in the day. Hmm. And, and they, <laughs> possum? <laughs> I just, yeah. That's the only time I know that word. It's from Bugs Bunny. It, Exactly ago. what my buddies said when I posted it in our WhatsApp group chat, right? They they, they referenced Bugs Body. That's all like, I okay. know. That's all I know, man. So I get Tiny corralled back into the house because she's obviously, you know, doesn't like this creature hanging on the inside of the fence. So I go back there and I'm like, well, this doesn't look great. Um, you know, I'm worried. Is it sick? What's going on? I'm not going to touch it. But I'm also not going to smash it with a shovel. Like, I want to kind of give it the benefit of the doubt here. So by the time I run back into the house, I'm like thinking, all right, well, I'll grab an apple or something. This thing comes off the fence and just into the snow in my backyard. I walked about, <coughs> excuse me, about five feet away from it with about six sliced apples. And it just started gobbling. Like, just mm-hmm. like it was starving. And an hour later, it was gone. So that's my good deed. Well, don't worry. He'll he'll be back with his family and friends. He'll be like, hey, the Dragers got apples. And pretty soon, you're going to have a a family over there. Good thinking. Yeah, well, so then I go out 10 minutes ago. We're we're recording here on Thursday. uh, Front yard. Raccoon sitting there. Sure. They need places to live, too. And I mean, they're like glorified rats or squirrels, man. You don't want raccoons nope. anywhere near your property. Nope. I mean, you're in your business, in your attic, any of that. It's just a bad, bad, bad look. So I shooed him away. He was not getting any of my produce. We got rid of the raccoon and helped out the possum. Okay, so I have something. This has been, today is Thursday. Um, you said a lot happening this week. Our family had the most amazing day yesterday. So my brother, Ed, my older brother, and his wife, Bridget, they have twins, uh, Nick and Alicia. <laughs> and they're, Nick and Alicia are 34. Okay. And so uh, Alicia lives in Kelowna, BC with her husband, and Nick lives in San Diego, California with his wife. Wow, okay. Nine months ago, they get a phone call from Alicia that she's pregnant. And so they just can't believe it. They're just so excited, right? That's awesome. Later that day, they get a call from Nick. They're pregnant. The twin. The twin. They're pregnant. Oh, boy. Same day, they get this phone call. So you can't, you can imagine how, how happy they are. Yeah. Super excited. Yesterday, March the 8th, Nick and his wife, uh, Lauren, had baby Vincent at about 1230 in the morning. So they have, they have their baby. and. At seven o'clock, same day, Alicia and her husband Scott have their baby, baby Oliver. So the twins <laughs> had kids on the same day. 
astronomical odds of this even oh. happening. I just think it is the coolest That's thing. So cool. And so, you know, our family is just so pumped. So congratulations to Nick and Alicia and Oliver and Vincent and Ed and Bridget, my brother and his wife, and just a, yeah. uh, just an amazing day for us. Now is your is your family, are they name sticklers? Like will it be Oliver and Vincent or will it be Vinny and Ollie? You know what? Too soon to say. It's, too, it's pretty early. Too soon to say because I remember <laughs> there was a time, 100%, it was Matthew, our oldest. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it was Matt. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's yeah. Matt. I, I think his mother calls him <laughs> Matthew once in a while, I think. but When she's pissed off. Yeah, probably. Huh? You know how that goes. I mean, my mom used to call me Raymond. And, and that was, but she called me Raymond all the time. But nobody else. Mm. I mean, I hadn't been called Raymond since I was like 10. What, what, what's your middle name? Vincent. Oh, very nice. Did you ever get the Raymond Vincent? Oh, yeah. Well, Raymond, yeah. When I got Darren William, I was in trouble. Raymond Vincent meant you better snap to attention. <laughs> what an exciting time. Yeah, That's awesome. tremendous. The only thing that would make that even more ridiculously good would be if both twins had twins. Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> oh, that's, that would be that something. Would be something so it was it's an awesome day. So, yeah, all good. Awesome. All right, let's pile into headlines here, right? And a few directions we're going to go here. Uh, but why don't we just kind of tackle some of the news of the week? And that's the Tony D'Angelo suspension, right? Two games for spearing Corey Perry of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, it was so obvious, even though he was trying to be sneaky, right? He's kind of poking around the outside of the scrum. And of course, Corey Perry is basically in the middle of it. And then you, the video's pristinely clear. The evidence is just right there. Just zips him right in the midsection. Um, I don't know, man. You played the game a long, long time. You, you know, you, you get away with what you can get away with. That's always been the case. It's hard now with all the looks, and that's primarily why the player safety department exists. But that's such a, a needless and mean-spirited play, you know. And and I mean, a spear can do significant damage. Who's kidding who here, right? Two games feels light to me. It feels light to me based on the circumstance and the evidence. Okay, so there are times when there's a, a spear that happens. Somebody's in a scrum and they're buzzing around and pissing each other off, and the guy kind of yeah. goes beat it, boink, and hits the guy with his <laughs> stick, right? And um, that's one thing. What D'Angelo yeah. did was he stepped into the pile to spear. Mm. I, I I thought two games was way light. I yeah. You know, look, Keandre Miller got three games for his spitting incident with with um, uh, Drew Doughty, and he should have. But D'Angelo's, you can't tell me on the scale of egregiousness that that should be underneath. Like Miller deserved three games. D'Angelo yeah. deserved more than two, is my point. So, look, and, and this is the, no disrespect to George Paros, the head of player safety. I, I mean, it's a tough job. He's done it for a long, long time. So, look, at the end of the day, he makes that call. I would be curious, Ray, if, if you pulled every player in the NHL or alumni, ex-NHL player, and asked them what an act like that should earn by way of suspension, I feel like it's going to be five games minimum. If you pulled the players, I, I, nobody would want that in the game. No, I, I really, I, there are times I, I wish there was more of a, a firm template that 
you know, stick fouls are generally going to be between two and five games. Uh, right. A hit to the head is going to, you know, a, an egregious hit to the head is going to be between three and eight games. Like, however you want to divide it, you can look historically back over the suspensions, project them forward and say, what do we want it to be? Um, mm. It really does feel at times as though it's just in the moment and this is the number. If I were doing the job, I would want the players to know there's more predictability for their actions. Right. Because I don't think they'd like that predictability. Agreed. Um, let's shift to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And and on, on your surprise meter, where are you with where this team is at right now? I mean, they, they're coming off the win over Philadelphia, but they get slaughtered by the Carolina Hurricanes, 6 nothing after the top line, if we fair to call them the top line in Stamkos and Point and Kucherov, get benched in the third period. Um, so the response wasn't there immediately versus the Hurricanes. Philadelphia Flyers aren't the same level of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So um, how surprised are you that this this team is going through the funk that they're going, or is this just a byproduct of all the games over the last umpteen years? Uh, I'm surprised like six out of ten. So, I, I mean, the fact that they just got run over Dregs was was surprising to me. I'm like, yeah. man, they weren't like they weren't even in the game. Speed no. is an issue for for Tampa. It really is an issue. Carolina is fast. That's a problem. Um, so if they're if they get stretched out in the game, like if they don't forecheck well, I think they're. This might sound goofy, but the key to their defense is the way that they forecheck and keep the puck away. If they get spread out and the puck starts getting moved with support and speed, they're in trouble. If you look at the team that won the first Stanley Cup in Tampa, yeah, to the one that lost in the finals last year to this year's team, it there's no competition. The first year's team wins in a landslide. Yeah, that much better. Yeah. And so that is so now you add in the number of defections from that team, hell, the number of defections from last year, right? Ryan McDonough, uh, Andre Palat. Yeah. Like these are it's a different group. It's a different group. They're not as experienced. They're not as good. They're different. So you add the deletions to the number of games and every dynasty, If and I would say this is a modern dynasty, every dynasty fades away. As much as Toronto's talked about all the things they're trying to do to get better and win around, I think the fact that Tampa's declined a little bit is a big factor not to be disregarded. I agree. You, you just mentioned Andre Pallad. I'm sure you saw the highlight, man. We did that game on Tuesday, New Jersey and the Leafs. He gets a stick in the mouth. And, you know, I mean, a fair bit of blood. I, I mean, clearly it, he was carved wide open above his upper lip. Right. Um, so he goes out, gets sutured, comes back onto the bench in record time and scores a goal. Right. I mean, talk about a gamer. But then at one point we isolate him. TSN isolates him on the bench. And I think it was Mike Johnson made the comment. He's trying to take a sip of water and it's leaking through the top of his lip, like not out of his mouth, like through the hole in the top of his lip. I mean, whole. I mean, pro athletes are tough tough people. Men, women, they're all tough. I don't understand the level of physical and mental toughness, but every once in a while, you you literally get a clear-cut example of how tough, and Palad showed that on Tuesday. Dregs, I got hit in the mouth with a puck 
um, Ron Hextall was our goalie and he cleared it out of the zone and I went to catch it. I was coming back in the zone yeah. and I missed it. The puck went right between my thumb and forefinger. Oh, it hit no. me straight right in the mouth. And I think I got 16 stitches right down the middle of my, you know, it split my bottom lip like wide open. So they stitch it back up. I go to, I go back into the game. First of all, the inside of my mouth is like hamburger. It's like so gross. And I'm like, <laughs> not I, uh, the hell with it. It's a little graphic. You're chewing at it because there's part of your mouth hanging yeah. off inside. You can't not. Every time for the next week I tried to eat, I couldn't find a side of my mouth that wasn't more gross to chew on than the other side. <laughs> and I'm like, so, and anyway, I got through it and I kept playing and I put a shield on and, you know, played. Now, if I stub my toe coming oh, yeah. off the curb, I'm down for a week. And I'm like, <laughs> I look at these guys, like I looked at that Palat thing and I'm like, what the hell are these guys doing? Yeah. And the answer is, well, tough they're dude, just playing man. and you're, cause you're <laughs> tough and you can hang in. Whaley gets yeah. older. He'll be like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is crazy. Well, a heroic effort by Andre Palat, uh, similar for Mark andre Fleury in a, in a different sort of set of circumstance. He makes 46 saves in a real good hockey game between the Winnipeg Jets and Minnesota Wild. Uh, your good buddy, Dean Evason, has that Wild team dialed in. Now you worry about Kaprizov. I mean, that was a scary incident, man. I... He can have them as dialed in as he wants. Yeah. If K- Kirill Kaprizov's out of that lineup for any length of time, look Problem. out. It's, yeah. a, it's a major issue. So they've got 11. Well, they're on 11-game point streak. Um, so, again, they're, they're headed in the, the right direction. And it's such a comforting sign, I would think, for everyone, not just Dean Evason and Billy Guerin, who aren't playing the game. They're coaching and managing. For the players – when you see a veteran, a decorated goaltender, future Hall of Famer, Marc-Andre Fleury, you know, do what he did. I mean, Rick Bonus came out of that game last night, Ray, and he's like, ah, we dominated. That's as well as we played in a long – I think they had 82 or 86 shot attempts. Right. And Fleury just nailed it down. So, I mean, for me, there's still a lot of hockey left in the regular season. But is, it, is that not just one of the purest ways of building confidence – in your lineup was when your goalie has a game like that. Well, and what would make that, yeah, I'm going to say yes, but what also would make that uh, stick in Minnesota is it's not been a great run for Flurry over the last couple of months. Remember that trade in the summer that really nobody paid too, too much attention to, and that was Philip Gustafson for Cam Talbot. Gustafson saved their season. He's been he did. fantastic for them. Yeah. And for Minnesota, he came at a low cost, which was even better. And so Flurry lost his way. And yeah, you know, but I mean, we had him on the podcast, and I think it came across, but probably doesn't. But just he's just such an amazing person. And he's so positive all the time that while he's struggling, they've still got a great teammate. And he's trying and he wants to get better and he's working hard and he had a couple of spits and spots where he was good, then not so good. But for him to play like that, that will give that locker room more juice. It really will. Because there's nobody that's ever that I've ever heard of that's played with Marc-Andre Fleury that doesn't cheer for it. No, fair point. Winnipeg now won 5-2 and two in their last eight, uh, headed in the wrong direction. 
Pierre-Luc Dubois hurt again. This one doesn't seem as serious, but, you know, you take such an enormous piece of the puzzle away when he's not in the lineup. Teams play that team differently. So they're neck and neck with the Colorado Avalanche in the battle, but still in the playoff fight. Uh, and and we just talked about Flurry. Um, Connor Alibuck isn't playing like a Vesna candidate right now. He was early in the year. Right now, he's not. So what are you seeing there when, when you analyze the Winnipeg Jets and where they're at right now? Well, you know, certainly Dubois' absence is a big problem. Um, when they're running out Shifley and, and Dubois, one and two, the Jets are tough to handle. That's, you know, Josh Morrissey's having an amazing season. And the play of Hellebuck was the great eraser for any other issues that might be having. So he comes off, I don't know, 5%, 10%, maybe, maybe that much. Maybe it's not even that much. And all of a sudden the Jets are a different team. He's so critical to their success. So look at it now and I'll look at it and tie it to the Calgary Flames. Jacob Markstrom's had, a, by his standard, a brutal season. He just has not had a very good year. Well, they played back-to-back nights late last week, like in the on the weekend, and he was awesome. He had a 40-save shutout the second night. And so what if Markstrom gets on a run? This Flames team that's been a, a real disappointment this year, what if, what if the goalies flip, right? If Hellebuck's play slips a bit to the point it's at and he can't find it, and Markstrom's takes a leap. It's only four points, you know, and um, I mean, nobody's out of the woods yet there. That's for sure. Do you know, I got a question for you. Um, yeah. I'm in Boston. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the Oilers and the Bruins tonight. So the people here are super excited, of course. Connor what McDavid's, a game that's yeah, Connor McDavid's yeah. only game here uh, this season. How many points are the Oilers out of the conference league? Don't look. How many points are they out of the conference league? lead out of out of the conference lead now they're in the wild card yeah but i'm asking how many out of the conference four four yeah like these teams in this conference they're bonkers it, it is wild to this yeah. and if your schedule is the right way you might be able to pick up points in a hurry you know like because there's some teams here that are going to really get jammed up drags through the month of march yeah i not that it matters it took a bit of heat on, on Twitter today, I was doing the Dustin Nielsen show in Edmonton this morning, as I do every Thursday. And we got talking about the Oilers, you know, in comparison to the top teams in the league. And I'm like, well, how can you not compare them to the best teams in the league? I mean, as we have this conversation today, um, okay, they're they're in that wild card spot. But a couple of wins, they beat the Boston Bruins tonight. I mean, that's a tall ask. But, uh, you know, that West is is – so all over the place that I think you have to include teams like Edmonton in that conversation of obviously being upper echelon. You know, when you do a game and you start, you know, like, you know, you were doing the Leaf game the other night. And I, I got the Bruins and Oilers tonight. So you dig in a little deeper maybe than you yeah. would normally look. Yeah. Last seven losses, the Oilers have had 36 goals against hmm. in seven losses. Last yeah. seven wins, 16 goals against. It's all right there. By the way, they. They couldn't have been happier, you know, talking to Jay Woodcroft today and a couple of the guys with Matthias Ekholm. Like oh. they're they're just thrilled that he was the defenseman that Kenny Holland was able to to pull out of the pile and add to their blue line. Again, this isn't a shot at Jake Chikorin or Gavrikov or Joel Edmondson or mm-hmm. or anyone else. 
It's just from a coaching perspective, they identified Matthias Ekholm as the right, if not perfect fit. Okay, so that's important yeah. because I think Jacob Chikorin is a great fit in Ottawa. I think mm-hmm. he's a great fit for that yeah. team, their style, their youth, everything. I think Matthias Ekholm is a great fit in Edmonton. And I'm not sure if those two guys switched, if it would be considered such a great fit, at least in my eyes. I think those two players are in the right spots. All right. Those are your headlines. Looking forward to that game tonight, uh, the Bruins and the Edmonton Oilers. And, and by the way, there's a weird one. So if the Bruins beat the Oilers tonight and the Buffalo Sabres, the Islanders, the Ottawa Senators, Ray, all lose in regulation, that locks down a playoff spot for the Boston Bruins, making them the first team in NHL history to clinch a playoff spot through 63 games. <laughs> like it's... That puts it in perspective, huh? Can I tell you maybe the most important yeah, thing I'm yeah, excited yeah. about tonight? So I'm not going to be down between the benches tonight. I'm with uh, Steve Levy and AJ Malesko, and AJ is going to go down between the benches. So I'm upstairs. And can I tell you why that's such a critical thing here in Boston? Yeah. Uh, outside where the TV booths are, they have like coffee and things there. Nobody in the league has a better candy aisle than the Bruins. And you know, Dregs, I'm going to. I always start with a little cup, little plastic You like the cup. sweets. Oh, those little M&Ms are going to get loaded up tonight. So good. And like, did you have input into that decision? Oh, no. It's there every game. Every game. So it'll be. No, no, no. You being upstairs and AJ being between Well, the we, t- we talked about how, how we were both going to do the game and. Nice. I, I, but this is, this is my, this is a win for me. The candy dish. I'm a fan. Well, she was a fan of your workout today, apparently. So oh, you know what? On to it. This is yeah. something with AJ. We should get her on. <laughs> Harvard graduate, really sharp. She's great. talented woman. Yeah, talented woman does a great job on the air. She's a bit of a smart ass, and <laughs> I, I kind of get that. Yeah. So, two times in the last week, I don't know if you saw. She tweeted out when uh, I was at the studio at ESPN, and I was sitting in the chair that. My legs were swinging on the chair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we had yeah. fun with that. Yeah. yeah. So she decides to tweet that out. <laughs> and then today I mentioned that it was a little cold. I didn't want to walk over to the rink. And so when she said that I had a great workout, basically I sucked it up and walked over to the rink. So that's twice. I will get her. This is not ending the way she thinks it's ending right now. The score needs to be settled or it at will. least even. Even. I got to even. I don't got to yeah. win here, but I get... There, there needs to be a, a retaliation. It will happen. Hi, it's Ray Ferraro. You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes. From results-driven marketing across TV, radio, and podcasts to websites, digital, social, out of home, and everything in between. They have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net. Chris Abbott, not able to join us again. Abs is living up the life, right? He he's, he's, he's having a good time. Now, in fairness, he's in Portugal. He's in meetings. There is a time difference here. Right. Um, but we're going to have to pick up the slack here for okay. Chris Abbott. Uh, this segment, presentation of Botano.ca, 
now available in Ontario. Remember, according to Batano, the game starts now. So um, what do you want to do? You want to have a look, revisit the uh, Vesna candidates, maybe the Norris Trophy likelies, that sort of thing, and where they're at? Sure. I don't think yeah, you'd yeah. be overly surprised. Yeah, so I, speaking I, of the – I'm not going to be surprised. I just opened no. up the document here and – Oh, are it's you, right you, there in front of you. Are you surprised with this? Uh, well, I'm surprised that you were able to open up the document. It yes. was an accident. I was trying to open something else. <laughs> and this thing uh, well, so we, we, we talked about two teams. And, and I mean, Linus Allmark is a big part of the reason. The goaltending in general is a big part of the reason why the Bruins are doing what they're doing this year. And Allmark, understandably, is the leading candidate right now. I think most people would have Olmark as the leading candidate for the Vesna. He's a dash 1,000. And then you've got Sorokin at plus 800 and Connor Hellebuck, the third on the list, at plus 1,900. So the only thing that surprises me about that rate is the the discrepancy there. Maybe not between Olmark and Sorokin, but Sorokin and Hellebuck, that, that's a pretty significant gap. Yeah, I, I would say Allmark. the difference is Sorokin's got six shutouts, leads the league. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so that, that would probably push him up a little higher. I mean, it's, you know, as far as the, the money difference, yeah, maybe it's a little bit high uh, as far as Olmark though. I mean, the guy's got 32 wins. He's got his, what's his save percentage? 938. Like it's amazing. It's hard to beat that. Hard, hard to, to beat, beat that. it. Yeah. And he's got a goal. Trophy. And he's got a goal. Yeah. Oh, and that was so much fun to see that, man. That was per- well, obviously perfectly placed. <laughs> he shot it from what? The circle? Those are the hash marks? So, Dregs, I was doing the game Saturday. They were up 4-2 yeah. on the Rangers. And you tried it again? The, no, the Rangers dumped it in, and he didn't field it clean enough off the boards. I was so disappointed. I wanted yeah. – I've never seen one live, so I, I really wanted to see one. All right. Uh, let's dive into the Norris Trophy and the candidate list there. So – uh, Eric Carlson is dash 250, minus 250 to win the Norris. And then you've got Adam Fox at plus 500 and Josh Norrissey, Morrissey at plus 800. So closer, obviously, than the Vesna, but it, it is Eric Carlson's to lose at this point, isn't it? Sure feels like it. I, I mean, I guess the only way I would change my opinion is if he goes completely dry in the last quarter of the season here. Yeah, you know that would that would do that uh, for me. Um, I I would have I think if I were voting, I would have Darlene in my top three. Interesting, given the way that his important his importance yeah. to what the Sabers have done. Um, I I think I would I think I would have him there. Um, we have got um, Chris Abbott hopefully coming back with us on Tuesday. I. I was going to sift through the odds of making the postseason with a number of teams. I mean, you just mentioned uh, Darlene, so the Sabres are in that mix, Ottawa, um, Calgary, Florida, all of that stuff. But I'm wondering, maybe let's just hold on to that. We can yeah. dive deeper into that segment on Tuesday with Abs when he joins us. In his normal segment brought to you by Batano.ca. Time for Ask Ray and Dregs Anything. Second time this week, Ray, we're doing this. Second time this week. No, because we got good questions. We got lots of questions. Yes, we do. Uh, And you can send your questions our way. We've got a lot of them, and I try and kind of sift through. I make sure that the old ones aren't forgotten, but we've got so many of them that it's a bit of a challenge. Anyway, send your questions to our social channels, Twitter and Instagram, at Ray and Dregs, 
or you can reach us on our website, rayanddregs.com. Uh, I'm starting with Instagram from at stupid mod. <laughs> um, question is, I know players don't tank, organizations do by providing weekend lineups, but teams have heated rivals. Ray, were you ever on a team that was out of contention and defeating a team in front of them would help a heated rival? Does that play into the mindset of the player at all? You won't tank, of course, but does it take any edge off in any way trying to play the spoiler, or in this case, not playing the spoiler because you don't want to give a rival an advantage? No, um, not that. I mean, I I know when I got to the Islanders, uh, we had played the Rangers. It was late in the year. They were going to the playoffs. We weren't, and we beat them, and that was yeah. like, that was like a playoff game to us. I mean, that felt uh-huh. way more important to us than to them. As far as, you know, oh, we don't want to lose or we don't want to beat Pittsburgh because that would help the Rangers. Like nobody thinks no, about it, it that diff- that deeply. And you want to win because the more you win, the better your team looks, the better the team looks, the better you look. That means you get to stay in the league. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like the question because it conjured up a story and experience that you had. So it was a worthwhile question by at stupid mod. Uh, from Glenn Stevens, at G Stevens 1380. These days, players, Ray, get their gloves dried between periods. Did you have this when you played? And if not, what difference would it make? I'm thinking of Ryan O'Reilly, who's noted for that. And it's not getting them changed between periods. He gets them changed between shifts. Like, he goes through, I don't know how many sets of gloves over a three-period hockey game. Yeah, start with us. Um, there used to be a couple of hair dryers that they'd stick yeah. into the into your one <laughs> pair of gloves. And um, I always liked my gloves a little wet. I didn't want them soaked, but I didn't want them really dry. Um, I wanted them a little wet because I felt like they, you know, I could move easier in them. So I had them dried maybe between periods at the most. Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, I was doing a game in Detroit just prior to him being traded. I was like, they need they need an assembly line to get this guy his gloves. And it's just what you're talking about with O'Reilly. Every shift, he's changing them. I would never want that because, oh, my God, what a pain in the the rear end that would be. Um, I also don't – it's all comfort anyway, but I don't don't know. I didn't want them that dry. Okay, so you're a type of individual that – I mean, if you yawn or stretch, you break into a sweat. I mean, that's just – you run hot. Um, So when you got into that dressing room – um, for intermissions, did you gear right down like the shoulder pads are coming off? Like some people take their skates off. I mean, yeah. did did you literally gear right down or no? No, not uh, just to my waist. So shoulder pads, el- so sweater, shoulder pads, elbow pads, shirt. Um, and then I dry off yeah. and I'd put my uh, shirt in the laundry bag and get another one out. So I'd wear one for warm up and one for each period, uh, each game, because by the time... And the other thing too, though, Drake's like, we didn't have the wicking shirts of today. Right. Yeah. So by the th- it was like, I had a three pound towel on by the time the period was off. I'm like, I got to get this thing off. Some guys skates. I, I didn't want to tie my skates more than I had to. No. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, yeah. Oh, to the point where like, if I had, if I had to go to the bathroom, I could, I could get my skates or my pants off over my skates. I would never untie my skates. No chance. 
Well, and then there are the guys who would wear skates that were three or four sizes too small, right? Like they jam their barefoot in there. No chance. Like you're probably not taking them off. Well, maybe you are just so you can get some blood flow back in there. But anyway. Yeah, no way. Nope. All right. A couple of fun ones here, right? Um, from at Ryan underscore B underscore white. What are both of your favorite or least favorite parts of podcasting? Well, favorite part, honestly, is we get to sit here and you and I are good friends and we sit here and shoot the breeze, shoot the breeze and talk about (laughs) hockey, which we love and talk about tiny and Ollie and the possums or possums, whatever they're called. And your snowblower (laughs) not working like stuff like that. Yes, Yeah. Like that's, that's the best part. The, the worst part would be, oh gosh, we got another one tomorrow and we got travel and we got to squeeze it in and. It doesn't work as fluidly, I would say, as timing-wise as you'd like. Like there's there's some times we're out in the West Coast. It doesn't affect you so much, but we're we're taking yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty early. It's early. It's early. So that would be the toughest part. I agree with all of that. Um, I, I you know, so not to belabor it. I guess the one challenging aspect for me, and I'm not complaining. It's just hard because I I appreciate people's times is lining up guests week after week. Right? It's hard because you know, look, we'd, we'd have the, the star players of the National Hockey League on every week if we could. It's just not that simple because they've got travel schedules and they're off on certain days and they deserve their time off. So that can be a bit of a challenge. But nah, I mean, the ability to dive deeper into the stories of the game and have some fun and the alumni series that we do with your former teammates, that's my favorite part. Last question, right? From High and Wide Hockey. My four-year-old wants to start playing hockey. Should I teach him to shoot left-handed if he's right-handed? Question mark. Is there a benefit to having the dominant hand on top or the bottom? And high and wide hockey loves the show, so needs your feedback. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, my uh, I shot left. Uh, my dominant hand was up top. I'm right-handed, um, and the reason I shot left was because that's the stick my dad gave me, which of course was a straight stick. I guess I could have. You know, back in those days, I could have used it either way. That was just the way I put it down. For whatever reason, I play golf the other hand. You know, I play right-handed. So my dominant hand is low. I don't know. I've often wondered if I should have been right-handed. So I I don't, I think whatever is natural and most comfortable for your son is the, is the right way. I, like I said, I had my dominant hand up high. I know lots of guys that have it the other way. Did your older brother shoot left? They never played. Oh, okay. Because I just assumed he was that, right-handed. You know, maybe. Though. He would have been right-handed. Right. Yeah, yeah. Not that Papa Ferraro was that frugal, but like, come no. on. It's well, so- honestly, there was there was a frugality around <laughs> around our house growing up. You ask why people golf left-handed in our era. Yeah. You know, fifty-five or older. Well, normally that's why. It's because somebody else in the family golfed left-handed, maybe dad, maybe an older brother, whatever, and golf clubs are expensive. So guess what? You're playing left-handed. This is the way, but I don't play this way. Yes, you do. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) Hey, we've got to select, uh, let's do a couple this week. Questions. Uh, The Asker will be furnished with some terrific Ray and Dregs merchandise. Uh, some great shirts now in stock, including Nike golf shirts, thanks to our pals at Canadian Club Whiskey. Um, I like that question from High and Wide Hockey. 
Yep, I do too. I did. Yep, that's a good one. You know, thought out question. So high and wide hockey is uh, getting some of our merchandise. Um, what else? What other one did you like, Ray? Um, did you like the 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 Islanders question that you? Well, you took us back to the Islanders days where the question was, you know. Do you play a role of spoiler right, right. when you're so far okay, out of it, so or you one. don't do that? Yeah, yeah there was that point. one. What was the next one? Um, Glenn asked uh, about the gloves, the drying of oh, the gloves. Oh, I, I like the gloves. I, I think this is equipment question day. Okay, all right. Let's do that. Okay. Okay, so fair enough. So high and wide hockey and uh, Glenn Stevens getting merchandise. Compliments of Canadian Club Whiskey. All right, you're in Boston. Big game, Oilers and the Bruins, and uh, then what? Then uh, day home. off tomorrow. No, I'm off here in Boston because I'm here Saturday afternoon for the Red Wings. Right. And right, um, right. which, of course, looked like a different game two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, yeah, so day off in Boston tomorrow, probably grab a little seafood, get a workout, do some prep. You know? One of my favorite cities, bar none, for yeah. a day off is Boston yeah. because of what you just said. I mean, just pick it. I mean, there's so many great restaurants yeah. in Boston. This will be it'll be a good day off, and then uh, back home Saturday night after the game. How about yourself? Nice. Yeah, I'm not too uh, too jammed up this week. I've uh, got to do uh, visit Gino's House of Pain, otherwise known as That's Hockey uh, tonight. <laughs> so I'll be from the home studio tonight. Exciting times. They're going to Florida on Sunday for the go. general managers' meetings. So. Get some fun in the sun there. Yeah, get a little. How long are you down there for? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Yes. Yeah, come out Wednesday night. Yeah. <clears throat> no golf. No golf. No time for golf. Oh, yes. Um, Who are you going down with? Just you? Um, no, Chris Johnson from TSN. Gino Retta is hosting. Um, Pierre LeBron taking a pass. Really? This, this trip. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, you know what? I, I lived it. So did you with, with sports, minor hockey, all of that. He yeah, is as yeah. busy as can be with three kids Good. in minor hockey. So we've got it covered. So, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. So you travel safe. I'll do my best to travel safe. Yep. And, and we'll uh, uh, talk we'll to you from Florida next week. Yep. All right, buddy. Be well. Huge shout out to our partners. Make the podcast possible twice per week. Our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, who asks, are you over beer? By Batano.ca. Use... Uh, Oh, no, hold on. Batano.ca is available in Ontario. Their tagline says the game starts now. And by Doer, here's where we get the code RND Pants, and you will save 15% off everything at Doer.ca. That's episode 47 of Rain Dregs. Until Tuesday in episode 48, stay safe, everybody.